Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Capitalist Investor. We've got me, uh, Cool Hand Luke, and we got Tony Z. What's up? What's up, man? I'm we back. are missing, uh, was it COVID D now? Well, no, no, no. He said uh, close contact. Close con- contact D. It should be quarantine D. Quar- he is quarantined. Quarantine He's kicked D. out of the office. He's until- kicked out of the office for a week, yeah. uh, much like I have been probably four times in the past. Um, it is It is what it is, but... Uh, one one comment we got um, over the past week was from a client that said uh, we should we've been really hot and ready recently with a lot of our takes like you know Little Caesars Pizza like hot and ready coming in here a lot of uh, a lot of good takes on politics and things like that but yeah. what we haven't done over the past couple episodes we haven't really talked about markets much <laughs> so that's we, weird we should probably talk about markets <laughs> yeah right right so, so I'm 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 thinking that you know like we'll we'll, we'll get back to some of the roots but. You know, have a quick market take, have a quick um, rant about whatever weird is going on in the world, and then try and keep up with our cancellation uh, segment. <laughs> every <laughs> What's week. Being canceled. Like, every like, week. That's my goal to find what has been being canceled. So, all right, let's start with, um, let's start with the market. So this week is, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest market mover this week is going to be Jackson Hole. That's where the Fed um, get together and, and, you know, bro it down, I guess. You bro know. it down. <laughs> they're, they're, they're sitting there trying to figure out, like, is their policies working? I think they do Jackson Hole, what, twice no. a year? <laughs> Answer's no. <laughs> right. But so what they're going to do, and, and, and there's two things that can happen from this meeting, and I believe it's on Friday. So... Uh, the Fed, Powell, you know, uh, Powell's going to either come out and say we're we're staying course or we're pivoting. So that means if he stays course, he's going to be hawkish. He's going to be mean. Think of a hawk in the sky. They're they're aggressive animals. So aggressive to us in the market sense is that they're going to continue to raise interest rates. Um, if they're if he's dovish, that means he's just floating around and and not being aggressive. So that means he's going to either stall out. And stop raising interest rates or raise them, you know, less aggressively. So let I I want to just talk about what the pros and cons of each move mm-hmm. is. So if he comes out on Friday and says, "Hey, I'm looking at the data and and everything. There's still parts of the economy that are still hot. We're going to stay course. We're going to stay at 75 bips of interest rate hikes um, every meeting." This is what I look at. Like so, there's there's pros to that. And the pros to him continuing to raise interest rates is first, we got to take our medicine because that in turn will destroy demand, which will taper inflation, right? The con is that he needs to get it right. They call it a soft landing. And I don't think he, he's landing a jumbo jet on a postage stamp. Like, this is and the jumbo good. jets already lost two wings in their <laughs> landing gear. <laughs> right. He doesn't have landing gear. Um, and and if if it's if it's a quote unquote hard landing, it's going to cause a deeper recession. We're in a recession, everybody. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Okay, we are slowing down. Um, is it a deep recession? No, but we're technically in a recession. So what in the cons of that is that it's just going to be painful. It's going to be painful for the consumer. It's going to be painful for business and business owners, and it's going to be painful for the stock market. It already is. I know. I, and, and it's just going to be more because they're just going to continue to tighten. Mm-hmm. And and everything is a laggard. You know, He can't say like, he can't figure out, he's using data and the data's backwards looking. Mm-hmm. So 
that's a problem, right? So well, that's, that's a problem that's been for the past two years. It's all backwards looking a lot of the data they're looking at or current data. They're not trying to project what's going to come in the future or what's actually happening with the economy. Right. I don't care if interest rates are, or uh, if inflation's at 8%, 9%, 5%. Like, we are so far away from where it's supposed to be. Like, Right now we're cheering that inflation came in like at eight and a half percent instead of eight point seven. Like, why are we cheering? Like, we've got so much work to do. And then the other key is all you talk, all we, all we talk about, all um, you know, uh, in, in, when you watch TV, all they talk about is interest rates when it comes to the Federal Reserve, right? Um, and I, that's like the most that's minuscule compared to what actually. Um, is the other side. And the other side's not talked about. It's the balance sheet. Yes, I, I wrote all them fun stats down yeah, too. Yeah, the, the balance sheet before COVID was like $3 trillion in the right. Fed. And then now it's up to $9 trillion, Three right. times what it was. Right. And then about six, seven months ago when we first started hiking interest rates, Powell said, okay, we're going to start offloading the balance sheet. We're going to start selling our bonds, selling our securities, offloading the balance sheet to get it back to normal. And if you look at... Over the past six months, the balance sheet hasn't decreased. It, it hasn't. It, it is. It is starting to um, roll over because you know, uh, talking with uh, some of our equity guys, basically what they're doing is they're letting this stuff mature and they're just not bri- buying it back, and, and or, or rebuying, right? right? So, and they're buying a little bit less. So, you know, what's maturing versus what they're buying, it's actually rolling over, but it's still nine trillion dollars. You know, five to six trillion dollars came out of nowhere. That's a problem. We for talk inflation. about getting back to normal. We've used that term a lot. Like we got to get back to normal where we were before COVID. And my when I think of normal, I think of trend lines. Like you take a look at the Federal Reserve's trend line right now, the balance sheet should be around three and a half, four trillion dollars. If you take a look over the past two years, the trend line where it was heading, where it was going, if we didn't have all the stimulus pumped into it. So by that math, we've got about four to five trillion dollars we got to offload on this balance sheet. What happens then over the next maybe five years as it gets offloaded? That's going to be a big headwind to the economy and the stock market. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I, I It's something that, you know, it's got to see how it plays out uh, almost day by day, right? And and then, so another statistic I saw is, you know, like our, our debt is $30 trillion, mm-hmm. okay? And if we're rocking treasuries that are 3%, our interest is $1 trillion a year. Interest. Yeah. Like that's and if we can't figure out that's why they got more IRS uh, agents coming out to find more money but like that's a that's a big loan payment mm-hmm. you know so I do want to get to the, we do have a couple other topics I, I do want to get to the dovish side of this so yeah. let's just say let's just say really quick that um um that Powell comes out and he and now he has a dovish tone and what that means is that he's either going he's going to stop I don't think he can go backwards with interest rates obviously but he can slow them down go down to 50 bips a quarter bips stop it all together have indication that he's going to start unwinding it the markets will probably rejoice is what I would imagine initially Be- initially yes and, and and that's the pro the con is that the long-term investor knows that that's a problem because inflation will still continue mm-hmm. and demand will still be a problem. Inflation will continue to be high. And and it also shows weakness yeah. that he buckled um, because there's a lot of pressure on that man because they started so late 
that he needs to be strong and and continue to if he's going to be a data guy he needs to read the read, read the data and inflation still eight and a half percent yeah I, I think it's highly unlikely that they pivot or they even pause and there's a big difference between the two Every, all you hear right now in the media is oh what, what if they pivot or they're going to pivot like I think pivoting is very highly unlikely anytime soon like Maybe there's a possibility, a higher possibility, which still I think is unlikely, that he might pause. When you pivot, you're actually lowering interest rates, right? You're actually making it more accommodative. When you pause, you're kind of just like halting things to maybe get more data or see where things go, right? right. So I think it's possible he might pause. I still think that's unlikely. Um, but that being said, well, like you well, mentioned, I mean, but they're they're expecting him to pause sometime in the 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 first half of next year, whether it's first quarter, second quarter. That that is what is anticipated. Yeah. That he stopped, he starts to pause. So that's nothing new. That's what's expected from a lot of the analysts and things like that. But all right, so you so, got the the hawkish, you got the dovish. You know, how, how do you combat this? And and at the end of the day, uh, it really comes down to active management, being able to pivot with your portfolio, having working with somebody that is actively managing managing the portfolio, a dedicated team that's watching this. You know, I know that, you know, our team, like, that's all they do. They're not really talking to clients. They're not building financial plans. They're not doing, they're, they're watching the things that are important that, and that's their job, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's how, that's how we handle. Well, it's really cool how it's specialized, right? Like our CFAs, that's all they do is managing the portfolio. CFPs, that's all they do is build out the plans, right? It's cool how it's all specialized um, and how we approach that. Yeah, we got experts in the right seats. So, all right. Um, moving on, um, <laughs> you had something here that steak prices are on the decline. I know. It's good for me. I love my steak. All right. I do too, man. All right. I'll let you go. I'll let you ramble and then I'll, I'll, I'll hit. I'll well, hit. it's just, it's an interesting, uh, behavioral kind of finance thing happening. Like, okay. um, where inflation is running so hot and people are, don't have any discretionary spending anymore. At least middle-class America doesn't like right. they're barely, barely able to afford their gasoline, their groceries, their rent or their mortgage. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's where a lot of people are at right now. And the interesting thing is the grocery stores, steak prices are down like nine or 10%. Yeah. But, um, it, but compared the, to where they were like a, like a couple months ago. Yeah. But so, at the same time, guess what's going up? What? Ground beef prices because it's cheaper. So everyone's flocking to the cheaper meats, so there's more demand for cheaper meats driving up. Uh, yeah, I mean, steak's crowd. always been imp- expensive. We know yeah. it's an expensive piece of meat. But food in general in the meat section is like up 13%, where inflation's up like 8 So it's right. like just one of the more highly appreciated items, right? Consumables, sure. right? And if it goes down 10%, you're still like rocking 11% inflation rate on, on steak. And like you said, it's just per pound ground meat is just cheaper and, right. and that's what people need to flock to. So yeah, the, 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 you know, it's the, 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 the title of the article is just, you know, steaks going down and beef's going up. It sounds weird, but yeah, it, it's just, it's just interesting observation now, now showing dollars. you. Yeah. But this is like something, this is something minuscule that's small that most people don't think about. But like this statistic right here, like if the Federal Reserve just looked at this and said, okay, why are steak prices going down? Why are beef prices going up? Oh, the middle class is hurting because of inflation. Yeah. Like this is just simple stuff like that you can like think about why the psychology of people, why they're buying certain things, what's going on behind the scenes. Like this is stuff as economists and especially people that are in power need to start thinking about. Like yeah. something as minuscule as this, you can tell a lot of about yeah the higher end consumers like cool you know i can buy more steak and then the the lower end consumers like i don't care everything's still expensive 
Right. It doesn't matter. Right. But I would say even the higher end consumers are cutting back a little bit too because of uncertainty. I mean, yeah. we talk about small businesses. We talk about, um, you know, the upper uh, echelon. People are worried about their jobs. People are worried about um, their businesses that they own. Like that's, it's, it's affecting everybody. And, and we haven't seen the true pain yet. And that's why I do think, and I hate to sound pessimistic, but I do think we'll see worse before we see better. Yeah. And the the market rally that we're going through now, you know, we still feel that's a bear market rally. Uh, it's just prolonged. It's It seems a little high right now. So, all right. Um, and now what is being canceled this week? <laughs> Student loans. <laughs> Student loans is back on the docket. Uh, and, and I believe Biden's talking about it today. Yep. Um, sounds like they're going to re- forgive $10,000 per loan. And and Luke, you might know a little bit more about this. Is it is it all loans? Is it just federal loans? Is like how, how does it work? Um, I believe it would be federal loans. Yeah, because so they if you did really, your if you subsidize yeah. it for lower interest rates somewhere else, you're yeah, it would be you're, federal you're loans. Out of luck. And um, also the income level that they're kind of throwing out there is be- below one hundred twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. So if you make over, if you're like over in Silicon Valley when you took out all these student loans to go to the Stanford's of the world and Harvard's of the world, and you're making two hundred thousand dollars in Silicon Valley, you're not eligible. So it just it, the thing is. One of my quick observations is this is another way to destroy the middle class because if you think about it, middle class America are the ones that get screwed on student loans um, because they make too much to get any kind of grants, any kind of subsidized funding. Um, They have to take out loans if their parents maybe didn't save money for their education. So it's really the middle class that really gets continues to get screwed over. If you're a lower income, most likely you had some grants or subsidized schooling in the first place. You'd have to take out much loans. Um, If you're in the upper class, most likely you had a school paid for either through uh, or through your parents or through some other means, right? So it's another example of how middle class America gets screwed. And I'm a pure example of this. Like I, uh, you know, I went to school. I came from a middle class family. And I went to school. My parents made too much to to uh, to get any kind of subsidized funding. I didn't. It wasn't like they were making millions of dollars, but they they made too much to get any kind of FAFSA money. Um, and thankfully, I had scholarships that paved my way through ninety five percent of my schooling, so I didn't have any student loans. But that being said, I saw firsthand of how if my parent if, if I didn't have any scholarships and that five percent, I didn't have a little small five twenty nine account. Yeah, I, I I would have had a lot of student loans taking like probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans. So I saw firsthand of how it impacts middle class. America. Yeah. I, I mean, my situation went something along. I got a uh, free ride to community college. So I hitched my wagon to that, got all my prereqs, took it to Cleveland State, got my civil engineering degree. Um, and here I am today. But throughout that, my so I always talk about uh, when I when I there, when I talk about finance in general, um, there's things I always say there's things that you know about finance. There's things that you don't know. And that's why you're out there reading Google, listening to the podcast like this. And then there's just things that you don't know that you don't know. Um, and that's where my situation went for the worst. So my my mom, <laughs> God bless her heart, um, uh, wasn't very financially uh, educated at any point, and nor was I when I was in college because I was just, you know, graduated high school. I don't know. I don't have any real, real world experience of anything, right? Um, what My mom didn't want to fill out the FAFSA, um, and she also didn't want, you know, so then I couldn't get any loans. And and then being kind of on the quote unquote lazy side, she's like, why don't we just put it on the credit cards? Like, I mean, like, so like, 
she just stacked the deck against me. And so like, that's why, you know, financial education is just so important um, for things like that. But with this cancellation of student debt is um, it, 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 it penalizes the people that were, were trying to eliminate the debt fast and furious and get it off their balance sheet. You know, they paid off their loans. And then the people that didn't go to college, the trades, you know, because this money isn't appearing out of nowhere. It's coming out of everyone's pockets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the the trades are crazy. And then I think you see stuff on TV worth, you know, like the state of Texas, their their coffers, their uh, their endowments are billions of dollars, yet they keep on raising the rates of, of schooling. Yeah. Like, it's just... I don't know how that stuff works, how they get away with it. It's insane. And it's now private and public right. is, is building these coffers for, I don't know what, but they're not giving it back. They're, right. they're building and they're, they're not lowering the cost. They're just continuing to build more buildings. And then they say, Hey, we got more things. Our stuff costs more now. <laughs> right. We have, we have more activities. We have more things to teach you more, more athletic facilities. Like look at what happened with the EV credit. You give uh, seventy five hundred dollars uh, EV credits, oh, um, and then GM <laughs> and Ford raises yeah. their EVs yeah, we- uh, eighty five hundred bucks. Yeah. What happens when you forgive ten thousand dollars in student loans? Well, the cost of education just went up ten. And, and plus, and plus, it's like it's like peeing in the lake. Like the average debt is what like ten is a hundred grand, eighty grand, seventy grand. Like it's up there. Yeah. Like. Okay, cool. Thanks for the ten grand. I'm still in the hurt box. I'm still got to pay for this. I can't refinance it and make a lower payment. Like there's there's so many hoops to go around, and 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 plus you're just tying it to federal loans. Like yeah. what about the people that have gone out and and did it outside of the the federal loan system? Exactly. And the other part of it is you penalize people who already paid off their loans. You penalize the parents that might have helped uh, pay for the co- uh, child's education. You basically penalize um, hardworking high schoolers. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I have a personal attachment to this. Hardworking high schoolers. I worked my butt off. Yeah. I wasn't the cool kid in high school because I was in my books all, all the time. And I worked my butt off to be valedictorian. I got scholarships. Like you penalize people like that. Like it's not cool. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I, I've always said it, you know, I, I believe this is a tactic for the Dems to gain more votes uh, with midterms coming up and presidential coming up in two years or two and a half years. It's a way for them to try and capture more votes. Yep. And I think it's going to work against them because you're pissing off mm-hmm. everyone that paid off the loans. You're pissing off the people that went into the trades and and didn't go to college and and is doing something different outside of you know maybe the white collar the you know the white collar jobs and and i think it's going to work against them because it's not enough to make a dent and you're pissing off a lot of people do you know how you solve there's two <clears throat> two ways without changing the actual schooling system to solve the student loan crisis um, number one is you incentivize competition between the schools um, to, you know, competition drives down prices. The more competition in a free market system mm-hmm. drives down prices, makes things better, more efficient. You incentivize competition uh, throughout the schooling system. So compete, you know, schools competing against each other. You maybe mandate in some price, um, price control, price, things like that. Maybe some other ways to go about that. That's number one. And number two is you make the economy a little bit better through competition in the free market system. You have higher paying jobs that come about because of free market system. You don't have government intervention that screws up everything. We've already tried this. We've printed $6 trillion. We're paying for that now. The middle class is paying for that. You do this. I think Mark said it yesterday. Um, 
Student loan forgiveness will cost around $800 billion, $900 billion um, when it's all said and done. If you do the math there, it's like a $1,000 stimulus check. Another $1,000 stimulus check spread out between oh, like everybody. every American or two, $2,000 even if it gets up to that amount. Yeah. Uh, because I think there's like 300, you know, 200 million you know, adults or whatever in the U.S., something like that around yeah. that statistic. It could be like a $4,000 stimulus check if it goes upwards of $800 billion, right? So when you do that math, what happens when you put $4,000 of money – but it's not going to into everybody. Economy. It's going to a select amount right. of people. I know what it's equivalent to, but it, I don't know, man. But it's going to make inflation worse. So if they do this, what should the Fed do? <laughs> Hike interest rates even more. Like, I mean, just imagine, like, if, if you were one of the lucky ones with maybe $10,000, $15,000 in student loans, and now you're told you don't have to pay that back, what's the first thing you're going to go do? Go celebrate a little bit. You're going <laughs> to go to the bar. Vacation. You're going go on vacation. Go, go I'm not sure, maybe not go on vacation, but you're going to go yeah, maybe I go understand. out to eat. So, I mean, it just, it's another way to stimulate the economy. Yeah. I, I understand, but it's I think it's there to upset a lot of people. But all right, man, that's all we got for today. We got our rants in. We got some market <laughs> coverage today. Um, hope everyone enjoys the, uh, the content. Uh, you know, if you want to reach out, you have comments on the show. Um, you know, reach out to us if you have a, a topic you'd like us to, to explore and, and talk about, you know, let us know. We, we'd be glad to do the research and, and give you our insight on it. Um, if you don't, you're going to continue to hear us ramble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good, good, uh, good chatting with you, Luke. And uh, we'll see everyone next week. Yes, sir. The opinions expressed in the podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategy. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. Please consult a qualified professional about your individual needs.